This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. Go to patreon.com slash Breakaway today to support the show. Get ad-free episodes, Discord access, and BSBOTs every single week for the price of a cup of coffee. Delivered to you. Keeps the show going. It's how we do it. Today we have Rob Luker. We're obscenely positive about the New York Rangers, and we did ask and answer some five-star questions. So without further ado, let's get to Mark Messier and get to the show. Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. So the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I am your host Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host Greg Kaplan. Greg, it is opening week for the Mets. How are you? Yeah. Uh, well, fifty-fifty here, Ryan. Do we talk Darren Ruff or do we talk Chicago? Because I got I got I, have, I, I went to another high school. No, I went to I went okay. to another high school performance, and I have notes from Chicago. I have it's, a lot uh, of notes from White. Usually, you're saying is no notes, and this time it's a lot of notes. A lot of notes. Well, I, I listen. These kids, it's first crazy. of all, were immaculate. <laughs> I have no idea how they're this. These talented kids, nothing but fucking dairy farms, and I think like an a, a luge Olympian is from Whitehall as well. Uh, that's all I know Whitehall for. Stars. These kids were Stars fucking Gregory. great. I have quite. I do it. Well, I have questions about choosing to do Chicago in a in a high school setting. That that is an aggressive play in my uh, humble estimation. But you know, bravo! I, I liked it. I I am all about this high school like musical circuit now, Ryan. It's my favorite thing in the world. I I've can't wait for Girls the, on Friday the reviews in Boston. The Greg, Greg Kaplan slathers and <laughs> uh, says, "Mean Girls sucks from high school play. <laughs> Could use better." Well, so our our mutual friend uh, Gina, yep. who went to college with us, she's been accompanying me. On all these shows, because I don't know, I have no fucking idea <laughs> a lot of why she wants to go a lot of to this stuff. Uh, but anyway, like we were at least when we went to Granville, I work in that school district, so I was like, we're this covered. One, I, I'll, this one I'm a little different. Shake hands, yeah, shake shake hands with people I know, make yep. my bosses see me, all that good stuff. This one I have no fucking connections to, so like it was a like an hour drive to the school, and we're trying to come up with a backstory. That would justify two 34 <laughs> year olds trying to see a high school play. Yeah, our kid. Oh, which one are your kids? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> also, can I can I tell you, Ryan? So yes. these are high school performances. I I understand theater. I, I think as yes, well as you are a man of taste, any other of course, yes. idiot out there. Can I tell you now? We are 0 for two for standing ovations at the end. No, 0 for two. I haven't seen one standing. The Whitehall deserved the two. <laughs> Those kids were fucking talented. But I just like. Like, aren't these parents and friends seeing these kids? Like, shouldn't the bar be on the floor I for think a standing so. you gotta, you ovation at the end of these shows? Family. It's the whole thing. Yeah, not wow. one. Oh, for two. I, in a similar, blow, in a similar vein, it I'd like to take does. a moment of silence for my check mark on Twitter. Rest in peace. Starting. <laughs> start. Are are you? Yeah, it's tough, uh, man. Are I you going to subscribe? So. Like, what yeah. are you going to do? Um, I did look into it because I was like, oh, they're offering it for companies. Um. And I was like, oh, finally, Greg and I can give you, like, a, a verified with affiliated from Blue Shirts Breakaway. That seems smart. Like, we're an official organization. Yeah. We've yeah. been doing this for a long time. I, I was like, it was like, do you want to sign up? And I said, yes. And then it was like, it'll be $1,000 a member. And I said, never mind. <laughs> well, excuse me. Uh, never mind. <laughs> well, a th- a th- what? A thousand? Of- Man, I, I did never see mind. that. Um, 
a company that Elon bought for 44, he valued at like 20. Yeah. So. So he's lost 24 uh, billion. I was like, you know what? Dollars. I understand why you're charging a thousand. I think, um, I think I'll do the same tweets without the check mark. <laughs> I think that's where I'm at. I, I'm sure I could pay for Twitter blue. Maybe one day I will. Uh, but for right now, uh, good. Hey. Rest in peace. Business, Thank you, Eddie Athletic, for getting expense, me here. I appreciate you, it. You, yeah, you you do what you got to do on that front, Chief. I am. Uh, I don't know. I I honestly feel lied to now. I I inherently check everybody with the blue check mark who pops up into my mentions, and the ones who have over a couple thousand Twitter followers, but they're paying for Twitter blue. You're lying to me, and I don't <laughs> fucking respect you. Yeah, we'll see what happens. This is not a Twitter podcast, but anyway, we've gone four minutes without mentioning the Rangers, so we should talk about them. Darren Ruff. It's, uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, uh, we'll last Sunday when we recorded the Rangers beat the Pedrangers 7-0. Then this week, the Rangers beat uh, the loss of the Hurricanes in a tight game on, uh, on Tuesday, which everyone properly freaked out. The Rangers then won against the Hurricanes on Thursday, which everyone properly celebrated, and then went down 2-0 early to the Panthers on Saturday, as to which the kids decided, wow, uh, is this a bad matchup for you? And you don't have the depth, so... Watch our third line containing the first, the second overall, and what should have been the seventh overall pick destroy you. Um, and that's that's where we end up right now. And the, the Rangers play the Blue Jackets, the Devils in a crucial game on Thursday, and the Sabres who are dead on a back-to-back on Friday. And then, oh, actually, before you hear from us again, they play on Sunday as well versus the Capitals at 1 o'clock, a game that will somehow have many fights for no reason. Yeah, I hate having three games in four days this late in the season. It just doesn't – we've bitched about the schedule yeah. so many times, but the fact that the Rangers will play the Devils, the Sabres, and the Capitals all on the road in a four-day stretch this late in the year is a bit asinine. I, I don't know any other way to really break that one down. Yep. My question to you, Ryan, uh, it's one of the themes I, I, I think we've experienced the most probably since the middle of December, and it's the thing that just annoyed me so fucking much after the loss of the Hurricanes on Tuesday. Aren't you, aren't we supposed to be done with making every game a Just referendum this season, on this for, season? In particular, the Rangers can clinch, as you're listening to this, they might have already clinched because they can clinch on from other teams um, winning and them not doing anything. And uh, they're sort of locked into this 2-3 matchup, most likely against the Devils. It could be the Hurricanes, depending on how everything plays out. I would say their chances of winning the division are currently slim to none. As uh, even though the Hurricanes are only one game, they have one game in hand, and they're 103. The Rangers are at 96. I don't really see that happening. I know the Devils are really playing red hot right now. They are 5-3 and 2 in their last 10, but they are still a very good team. Uh, and to be honest, I think the Rangers could lose. Uh, you just mentioned that three games in four days kind of situation. I think they could lose two of those games, and I won't bat an eye. I really won't. The only game to me that matters this week, Greg, is the Devils game on Thursday. Every other game, the Rangers could lose, and I'd be like, great, awesome, cool with it. Uh, to me, that 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 Rangers-Devils game is sort of the playoff preview. Like, hey, we know we're coming for you, and you've got to set, like, that's a, a tone-setting game, in my opinion. Whereas the Blue Jackets, I don't care. The Sabres could run us out of the house on Friday and win 5 nothing, and I'd be like, great, cool. I'm not I'm not going to talk about either Sturk at all in this that is situation. A, this is a master class on your part. To not answer uh, the question, that was pretty good I politicians you. for you, wasn't it? Um, yeah, that was that was that okay. was shockingly good. I, I, I repeat from the question you, again. <laughs> I'm surprised. Aren't you oh, tired of every my, loss my being a referendum on over. the season? Uh, yes, 
thought, um, I thought it was a pretty uh, straightforward yes. question. Is that what you wanted? <laughs> yeah, that is that's that's what I wanted. That exactly. And they're like, yeah, I don't know, Greg. I don't know what you're talking to. Yours, like, you, you did the thing. It was like, I think I do. America I do. is love it here. It was like wonderful. I was at. I was asking you about tariffs. Um, yeah, I, I'm just. I'm tired, man. I, I I didn't think it was a hot take to watch that Tuesday game. Think the Rangers didn't play all that well. That Ryan Lindgren picked up yet another injury, and that the Carolina Hurricanes needed all 60 minutes to beat the New York Rangers by one. And my takeaway was, yeah, no, I think this Ranger team is really good and we can beat the Carolina Hurricanes in a seven-game series any day of the week. And people were like, no, oh, how can you say this? <laughs> I do love when people lost. get angry about like, you being positive. It's like one of my favorite things. Like, we've ransacked this team over the years. Um, uh-huh. And I, I, sure have. I have to be honest, the last couple of weeks, we've just been like, please, for the love of God, enjoy what you were seeing. Like, I am begging you. <laughs> Mets season starting soon. Yankees season starting soon. There will be turmoil. Right now, the Rangers season is, and this Ranger team is as good as it might ever get. And please, until the playoffs come, and the playoffs come and you lose a game, freak out. Go for it. I, I'm right there with you. Every game matters. It is a total disaster to lose a game. It's going to happen, but it feels bad. Uh, right now, if the Rangers get swept this week, it's all good, baby. <laughs> it's all good. I'd like to beat the Devils. That's it. I I just, I don't know how you can come away. Like, when the Rangers play like shit, I, I understand not trying to, you know, moral victories are a thing of a thing of the past. I, I get that. I, I'm, I'm not saying we should feel good when the Rangers lose, but I, I watched the Rangers play like crap for the most part of that first Hurricanes game. I thought they had a good first period, and everything after that was a bit poopy-pitty. And I got to tell you, the Hurricanes struggled to put the Rangers away and, in fact, didn't take a lead in that game until under three minutes to go into third period. I don't know how you watch that game, admit the Rangers played like shit, but the Hurricanes struggled to win it themselves playing at near 100% capacity and think, yeah, no, this Ranger team, they're fucked. Like, all I need is the Rangers to play 10% better. I don't even need them to play 100% better. Well, Just a little it's better. It's almost they like when they go down to nothing to the Panthers. It's like, well, this team's probably going to win. <laughs> I had no <laughs> fears whatsoever. There are just there are just days where like the Rangers uh, every now and then MSG remind, like remembers that the the company message is oh shit they got in late and they didn't get the skate yesterday so this first period they're kind of just going through the motions and while it is like state media narrative it's also a little true there's some truth to it like the Rangers I it's almost it's not that I think they play better when they are have a, a deficit. They have to overcome early, but it does at least like wake them the fuck up. I I think that there have been more times this year where the Rangers bust out to an early lead and then eventually let the game inch closer just because they get like they think the job is done. (laughs) I don't know. I, I it's not that I think these guys are comeback kids. It's not that I think they're cardiac kids. It's just when they go down two nothing, they have so much offensive firepower that it's not an insurmountable lead that I feel like I need Agreed. to worry about. Looking at the rest of the schedule, there's nine games remaining uh, for the New York Rangers. I would say two of them might matter. Maybe. And it's March 30th against the Devils. I know you you say the Devils game matters. I got to tell you, uh, I don't to me think it matters. It matters it's just much. a point of pride. That's it. Um, sure, but I, like 
That's me. That's my opinion. That's, you. that's, that's how that works. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I, I do think April 5th, which is a Wednesday at home in MSG versus the Lightning, is also like maybe your final tune-up for the playoffs. Because the four games after that are Blues, Blue Jackets, Sabres, and Maple Leafs. And April 13th, Maple Leafs Rangers, a game that should be played midseason for Bonkers ratings for the NHL, is the final game where people would just be skating for cardio and not giving a shit at all. Uh, I don't know, a game that should be played next week because the standing should be one through eight. And those two teams would match up pretty too much nicely. Sense there, Greg. Doesn't um, make sense. Yeah, it is nuts just looking at the standings. The four or five matchup would be Leafs Rangers. Like the salary cap would go up by twenty million dollars. It's the two biggest teams in the league, two biggest markets. So, if it was if it was one eight, Ryan, here's your playoff matchups for one eight. You have Hurricanes Penguins. Okay, that's fun. Devils. Uh, sorry, Bruins Penguins. Great. Hurricanes Islanders, great. Devils Lightning, great. Leafs Rangers. Yeah, that's wonderful. Why are we doing it the other way where it's fucking stupid? And again, one of the Bruins Lightning and Leafs. I mean, isn't it perfect the first that round. the Maple guaranteed. Leafs are at 97 points and they have to play the Lightning? <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, I mean, there's something poetic about it. I'll yeah, give you that much. This team's awesome. The Maple Leafs are the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference and they're going to play the Lightning. I will say the the divisional matchup from the standpoint of are the Leafs going to play a team with fewer points than if it was one through eight, they will. At the same time, they are stuck playing a team that has literal ownership over the Toronto media sports group. Like it's the Tampa Bay, that's their farm team, essentially. That's how much ownership they have over the years. they've destroyed them over the years. And I expect it to be a seven-game first-round series as well. Uh in which the Leafs lose that's, after being up three I mean, games I think to we've one. Seen this I agree. So uh, I, I've seen this show until I haven't seen it again. Why, when did they change this episode of Seinfeld? I don't understand. Arian Foster slid me it. the notes. It's all, and I it's all recorded. It. Um, and then uh, we haven't talked about the boys to men line at all, but what else is there to say? It's it's a, and I think this is one of the keys to the playoffs we kind of talked about earlier in the season, which is the third line is a matchup nightmare for teams that are like, okay, uh, my depth isn't that good. How can I handle this amount of talent coming at me throughout the entire game? Because you can only play your matchup so much, and that's what's so special about this Ranger team. It's like, okay, there's a line with Tarasenko and uh, and Panarin, who's back playing with Tarasenko and Mika today. Uh, it's like, okay, then over the boards, Trocek, Kane, awesome. What am I doing? And Trocek has been uh, it's been a lot better the last couple of weeks. He's been really, really good. So weird, so good, so much so that the Carolina Hurricanes did like a weird tweet about him and tag the New York Rangers. Very strange. Um, yeah, the, what, the talking point we've always said about the children and the boys to men line, and the thing that makes them so dynamic and so perfect for this team in this playoff run is they are going to get to play completely unencumbered. They are going to get the benefit of every matchup. They're going to get the benefit of never having to be the line that has to carry the Rangers home. They are the they are quite frankly the extra credit assignment that the A student doesn't even need to turn in, but turns in for some fucking reason anyway. They're they that's what they are. Like the Rangers are so deep that you don't need Heedle, Lafreniere, and Kako to be difference makers for you in the playoffs, which coincidentally makes them difference makers for you in the playoffs. Like the Rangers are gonna lean on I I I I, I did an appearance on um a different podcast yesterday. Shout out 
to the crew over at the Pangers pod. Um, but like Mika Zibanejad is the Rangers' most important forward. I think you and I would agree with that just because if you take him out of the lineup, a lot of different dominoes fall down. But what makes everything being even and healthy about the kid line being the third line so special is that like teams are going to hope to survive against Zibanejad's line. They're going to hope to survive against Kane, Panarin, Tarasenko, Kreider, Trocek. They just want to get out of there with their lives. And then they're like, great, we survived that. Now we can relax a little bit. Except here come these kids all hopped up on Mountain Dew, ready to kick their fucking shit in at any given moment. And it's wonderful. It's it's such a benefit to be living in a time. And quite frankly, Ryan, it's what makes the fourth line so fucking good too. Because you finally get through the kid line, the boys to men. You survive the Rangers' top three lines. And what do you get? You get Tyler Mott out there to take vengeance against you. Jimmy Vesey, who has become this bottom pair, bottom forward pest, who also plays with speed. And Barclay Goodrow, who's just not going to take your fucking shit. Which is and what, that's your fourth which, line? Which is why it's that, so funny. We always have things to complain about on this podcast. It's just been, enjoy it. <laughs> it's just, I don't know what else to tell you. It's uh, The only thing I can say over the past week like let's let's do a segment called Let's Be Critical, uh, which is usually what we do, but it's a segment right now because that's where we're at. Uh, playing Ryan mm-hmm. Lindgren might have been like this the only questionable move I have over the past week. Like that's it. And even then, the Rangers clearly took the couple extra couple days to give him more time to get ready for the lineup, and haven't forced them back in the lineup since it happened, and probably won't yep, until he's, he's a thousand percent. But that doesn't mean he's going to play. Yeah, like, what my biggest complaint is, like, uh, Ben Harper, my, he's question been mark? Like, he's been, he's been perfectly fine. <laughs> and then, like, Keandre, he's he's rounding back in the form, but his game dipped for a couple weeks there. But even him, like, I'm highest not game, worried about it. Highest game score of the like, year what, by any player. Honest, honest to God, what is your biggest complaint about the players that will have to, that will be playing my, in the playoffs for the Rangers? Name your biggest complaint of any of the 18 skaters you expect to see on the ice. Not like as a group, like about one particular player. One (laughs) particular, pick one player out and give me something to complain about that one guy. Uh, Mikola isn't a left-handed defenseman. One great. Um, He's been playing great though, Ryan. Like you can't even. I'm I'm scratching. I'm scratching with a straight face. What do you want me to do? I can't. I don't like. I. I. Jacob Trouba has a yeah, killed guy recently. But we haven't, oh, I guess. Ray, Ray hasn't been able to play um, uh, the Thomas the Tank Engine theme yet. So <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Like it, I, I, I don't know. I, I want to. It is. You know how much I, we say this a lot before. It's so much easier when you and I get to come on yep. here, bitch about Galant, bitch about some decision he made in the lineup, bitch about how one guy's playing. When we're bitching, it just it flows out of us. Now it's just like we're 18 minutes into the show. We're just like, I don't They're fucking really know. They're like, good. like, what do you want? Uh, the, it's, wait, this is why I'm the, going to high school play. This is, this is exactly it. I need to give us only, content. Um, the, only, the only small complaint I think you can have right now is the PK looks awesome, but the power play still isn't clicking the way you'd like it to. That's, that's as far as I can say and go. Sure. And even then, like, it's not clicking 100%, but... I have faith that the Rangers are going to roll out five extremely talented offensive players, and yep. it's probably going to yeah, work. Yeah, I think I think when when the moment matters, I believe the power play will work. That's as far as I can go. Yes, 
But the rest of it, I think, yeah, because look at the individual parts. As long as Adam Fox is on your first power play unit, I'm confident we're going to control the puck and create offensive zone opportunities. As long as Mika Zibanejad is on the first power play unit or any of the power play units, I'm confident he's going to get open from the left circle and fire some one-timers. I'm confident Chris Kreider is going to uh-huh. play his role in front of the net. I'm confident one of Artemi Panarin and Patrick Kane is going to play in the right circle and create plays and occasionally take a shot. I'm confident Jacob Trouba will come on with 40 seconds left and just shoot howitzers at people and make them afraid to get in front of the puck. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not fucking worried. And here's the thing, Ryan. If it doesn't work, I have Tarasenko and the children and it, that I get to just put out there and it's at so any deep fucking time. That you can't even fit Kapokako on Power Plate 2. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's so deep. There were times where like Sammy Blay was getting second power play unit minutes with the New York Rangers, and and that's because not because other people weren't out there. It's because the Rangers didn't have forwards to put on that unit. They got ten dudes that can play on any of these power play units. They'll figure it the fuck out. It's it's one of the fewest things I have to worry about. If my biggest concern with the New York Rangers is scoring on a power play, I am in the yeah, good times. You are. <laughs> this is that's it like that this is rangers nirvana that we are living it doesn't through. get better um it's it it's everything comes down to the playoffs and it's one thing i was like do i want to savor this team i kind of asked myself that question and now i'm uh now that the weekend has come and gone i'm kind of like do we need to play these next nine games do we need to what else do i need to learn about this team like legitimately what else is there to learn yeah. and i gotta tell you it's so much it's so much more relaxing and you're able to be so much more reflective to compare this, as I want to do, uh, to the Mets 2022 yes. season, where the entire month of September, I should have been able to sit back, relax, enjoy a 101-win baseball team peacefully, and and reflect and be able to say shit like, this is the greatest regular season I've ever seen. I'm excited for what the playoffs have to give me. But no, the Atlanta Braves had to be fucking <laughs> cock assholes, and they had to fucking shove things up my rectum that don't belong there. And they had to make my life miserable. I had to give a shit when I wasn't supposed to be giving a shit. It seemed like this made you the angry, nice thing about just throw it out there. It just might fucking piss me off. But what so. I'm saying, Ryan, is the nice thing about this Rangers is we're locked in. Like, the only thing that could change for the Rangers is maybe home ice in a playoff series where, quite frankly, let's be realistic, the Rangers are going to be playing in New Jersey, which is home fucking ice anyway. So I'm not exactly worried where game seven is going to be hosted because it's going to be a whole shitload and of no travel which is also crowd. key yeah so yeah i'd like to host the game seven i'd also like it not to get to game seven let's win in six shall we win at the garden and move on and face the zombie hurricanes who i'm confident the rangers can beat in five but i i, I just it's nice to have this collective breath three weeks before the playoffs start where we can sit back and have a podcast like this and go, Jesus Christ, holy shit, this team might, might be, be fucking really good. good. Um, and with that being said, let's go to our, our guest, Rob Luke, or any other. I don't have any other thoughts to you. No. About the New York Rangers? No. We'll save Mets for the end. <laughs> no, yeah, okay. I was about to say. All right, let's transition over to Rob, and we will go there. But first, a word from our sponsors, Transition. Hey, yo, I'm here to tell you about TickPick, our favorite ticketing platform for Blue Shirts Breakaway. It's actually the official sponsor, if you didn't know. But you probably do, because hashtag no fees. That's right. What does that mean? That means when you check out in TickPick, you see the price you're going to pay. 
It's not when you click something and then you go in, you go, wait, why am I paying so much more? The fees are not hidden. That's why the hashtag is no fees. You can use those no fee hashtags to go to a New York Rangers game, preferably maybe one this Thursday versus the New Jersey Devils. Wouldn't that be fun? And if you do do that, you should go and use promo code, promo code rather, blue shirts. Do you know what happens when you use promo code blue shirts? I will tell you, baby bird. You get $15 off your first purchase with TickPick. That's right. And the best part about TickPick, go on, see the rating scores. What's a good deal? What's a bad deal? All for the price you're going to pay at checkout. We love TickPick. They're our dear friends and have been for a very long time. And fun fact, they were the official first sponsor of Blue Shirts Breakaway almost seven years ago. Absolutely insane. Uh, anyway, use TickPick, promo code Blue Shirts. Back to the show. And we're back with our first and only guest of the day. I have Rob Luker of Rob Luker. Rob Luker, how are you? <laughs> very, very good, Ryan. How's it going, Greg? Good to be back. Thank you so much for coming back. It's always been a pleasure. I think back to one of our fondest, fondest conversations we've had. Uh, I think it was three years ago where we were debating the, the uh, if Tony D'Angelo could defend. And boy, have we come a long way since that moment. We've come, yes, I haven't had any other brush-ins with uh, professional players or calling me out for lack of a better term or anything like that. So, yeah, it's, I think it's been all positive from there, it, I would It's say. been all good. Uh, speaking of positive and negatives and percentages, you are a stats guy yourself. And uh, we've had a lot of different interesting conversations over the years. One of my favorite ones is one we always bring up, which is the Keandre Miller should be playing with Adam Fox, etc. But so far, <laughs> um, I would say chart people in general are not really, um, I don't know how to say this, pro-cane. In terms of like he's affecting or uh, or his charts are good, blue bar bad or blue bar good, red bar red bar bad. You know what I'm talking about. But I think Patrick yeah. Kane has been um, very suitable and quite good for the New York Rangers so far. What do you think of Kane so far, and what do the charts and analytics say? Yeah, I think overall why there's not a lot of chatter in that is because he has been the complementary piece that I think um, hopefully during the front office, if they were expecting to get the 2016 Kane, uh, that's not going to happen, and that's not going to happen this spring either. I don't think. So he's been the compliment that he needs to be. Um, he's going to be a passenger on a line, hopefully. I, I still don't know if he's with the right combo, especially right. Well, right now he's with Kreider on the wing and Trocek in the middle, right? Yep. I, I like him with Kreider. I don't know if Trocek's the best fit for them. That line's working well, but it's more so about balance in the top six, right? So overall, though, I think, I think Kane's been fine. And I say that coming from he was looking pretty bad numbers-wise with Chicago, and now he's at least hovering around average with better players. So... What more can you ask for? I think uh, maybe the next step would be just figuring out a power play, which is probably a loaded topic at this point amongst a lot of people. Yeah, Rob, uh, Ryan and I spent the first 20, 25 minutes of this podcast really being unable to complain like we normally do about the New York Rangers. So I'm not saying this is one of your areas of expertise, but you seem to be able to find the bad within the good. So you mentioned the power play, but... Is there something beyond the power play that we should have a heightened sense of awareness about before the playoffs begin? Greg saw my tweets this morning about Ben Harper again this morning. <laughs> well, but, I, didn't, uh, I, I didn't see those. Now, I, let's, let's, rule Harper, <laughs> let's rule Harper out because we all agree that if Lindgren's healthy, Harper's not playing. I mean, is that tweet on my second screen right now? Yes, but (laughs) but also, go on. Well, no, it's it's very much just, I don't like to get too high or too low. Like, even when we were hitting kind of some ugly times in those first 14 games a long time ago last fall, I I tried to maybe find some positives as to what they could do to turn around. But then when we get super high, I I just don't know. We just got to remember, yeah, we are probably 
one or two injuries away as fans watching a very different Ranger team than what they could be. That, that's all my point is. So I think the only thing right now that I have a complaint about, um, I'm not going to complain about the power play. I think they have all the talent in the world to continue to generate chances. It's just a matter of does the damn puck go in. <laughs> so from a defensive standpoint, I would say my biggest thing lately, as much as everything's been fine, is, is two things. One, yeah, Harper's just – he's just not an NHL player anymore. And people think he's doing fine, but – that's what it looks like when you get almost 940, you know, goaltending behind you. Him and Schneider are dull in the sense of Igor and Halak have bailed them out plenty. They don't really move the puck forward. They basically kill the kid line when they play with them. I mean, the kids jump to over 50% anytime they're playing with Miller, um, Miller and Truba, and obviously Lindgren and Fox. So that's kind of tough to see because you want to see the kids rolling. Um, my other small, second small thing on defense would be Keandre Miller's because of Trubel's struggle is even more important now. We need him to have a good spring, and I kind of tweeted about that a little bit this morning, uh, Monday morning, just about when Kadri plays well, above average in the season, suddenly the Rangers look really good because you have two pairs that can play hockey instead of just one. That's usually a good thing. So, I mean, going back to the power play for just a minute, because I think this is yeah. sort of the lo- I don't want to say uh, sort of the loaded question situation where it's, it's been – it was the power play. The power play was the strength of New York Rangers last year. No no question about it. It was just Igor and the power play. It was the, what the Rangers did well. This year, it's never really been able to fully find its groove. And even though now um, it has 10 legitimate power play players, what do you think the optimal combination is and why? I – see, I don't, I don't try to dissect exactly who's on the ice with all that. I, I think – I think I kind of go back to something I said maybe in January or, or was on the topic, which is, you know, they had a really established power play one, right? Um, God, I feel like we've been fooling with the power play combo so much now I can't remember it. But obviously he's like Savannah Jed, Fox, Kreider. Um, uh, wow, who's, who's playing bumper? I guess regardless, Tro- my point Tro- is... Trocek was on the bumper yeah. and uh, Panarin was on the right circle. Yeah. All right, so there you go. So... It, my, my whole thing was careful what you wish for because they took that away and now it seems like they're spinning their wheels on the power play, right? Whether they're generating a lot and can't score or they're actually failing to even get set up, which is something as fans we haven't seen in multiple years now. So it's kind of weird. So they could go back to that original power play one to see if they can at least recreate the magic getting chances from a combo standpoint. But I think the big thing is you got to have alternate shooters. Um, and again, I'm not really a full on tactics guy, but when it's just the Zibanejad spot and everything kind of tries to funnel towards them, we saw that kind of peter out midseason, right? Now you got Tarasenko, who I think should be shooting more. I think he probably – I know he gave me half an ulcer the other over the weekend when he didn't shoot on a two-on-one. He tried to pass it over to Kreider, I think it was. You know, so maybe just putting Tarasenko over on that wall and having two legitimate shots, whether it's Zibanejad or Tarasenko, would be something that would be fun to watch, I think. Rob, is it one of those situations where I can sit here and say I understand the power play doesn't look great, it's not scoring at the rate that we are used to, and yet at the same time, I just, I'm confident in the names that the Rangers can roll out there, so I don't, like my brain doesn't allow myself to think of it as a big problem, because if it's not working with one forward plus Fox unit, I just assume it's going to work with a different four forward plus Fox unit, because like Ryan said earlier, we have 10 different skaters we can roll out there. Technically 11. Any team, yeah, Technically 11. <laughs> any team yeah. would love to have on power play one. Right. 
No, yeah, I, th- I don't think they've stopped creating offense. I'm, I'm quickly scrolling really quick just to take a look. But, I mean, otherwise, like, their scoring chances are still, yeah, I'm, uh, it's looking pretty good still. They've actually, the last couple of games have probably been a couple of their worst, to be honest. So I think that says more about the tinkers they've tried than uh, th- than anything. But overall, I, I do, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't worry about it in the sense that as long as Fox is out there running the show, it's good. I think they could always maybe try to put uh, Miller instead of Truba out there in the second power play unit if they're going to continue to mess with the forwards. Um, I think that would help because I think Truba or uh, Miller is much more patient with the puck and he can walk the line a little bit better than Truba, who just prefers to you know just wind up and let it go regardless of who's who's where. Never got a puck, so, man. I gotta I gotta <laughs> exactly. tell you though, I, as someone that would just hang around a three point line playing rec league basketball, I. One billion percent respect Jacob Trouba being like, see puck, shoot puck. That's what I do. I slap very hard. And I got to tell you, it works on, it's wor- it working for me. <laughs> it's not always working for Truba. It has been recently, which has been fun. But hopefully it works in the playoffs. Uh, speaking of Truba and his partner in, uh, on defense right now, Keandre Miller, have you noticed anything in particular? I know he had a, a hard stretch and then he had uh, the highest game score of the year. Uh, so what what changed for him during the during those sections, or is it just like sometimes he gets hot, and when when he gets hot, the Rangers are unstoppable? Yeah, ap- apologies, I just got cut out there, so I didn't hear the Greg and end of Greg's Truba stuff. But um, welcome back. <laughs> uh, I, I, I had an idea where where it was going, but um, I, I would say overall, like I said, something I looked into this morning was just Keandre Romero. When when he's playing better, he kind of elevates Truba. I, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed and, and kind of gotten a little bit more into this year is the uh, zone exit stuff. Uh, the tracking that Corey, I think it's Schneider or, or Schneider. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but all three zones, if you Google it. Um, Truba just really struggles to get out of his own zone, right? Like if the stretch pass is there, he hits it. Sometimes he struggles with that already. He's not skating it out very often, which kind of leaves Miller. So if Miller has a good game getting out, all of a sudden that pair looks fine and they're generating offense. Because we know as a pair, they don't necessarily – it's not a shutdown pair to say anything lately. So I think that's the biggest thing is Miller is kind of becoming more and more the X factor. So if he has a good spring – that pair should look even better. I will say, though, uh, Truba has been playing what I feel like is some of his best hockey since the Rangers acquired him in this last six- to eight-week stretch. But I think the guy that's been playing surprisingly great hockey, or at least, like, better-than-expected hockey, can you talk about Nico Mikola and the fact that he's been... The fact that we, we, we thought we were getting a solid, reliable, third-pairing left-handed defenseman... And he's become this guy that seemingly is the is like an, a bit of an Adam Fox whisperer without Ryan Lindgren. Like that top pair, okay. I have all the confidence in the world with or without Lindgren on it, and that's something I would have never thought I was saying if it included Nico Mikola. Yeah, I, I think Mikola has been. You know, if we're if we're lucky enough to look back in June on this team, I think we're going to look back and say Mikola was low key maybe the best acquisition. Now, obviously, if Tarasenko or Kane go and put ten up, ten up in the playoffs, that's a little different. But from a defensive standpoint, I mean, Mikola has done everything he's been asked to. Um, has he had his moments poorly where he's you know given up a ton of shots and chances? Yeah, but he can skate so much better than. Uh, Harper or Hayek so I mean right away he's going to win that just from the eye test which I'm using the eye test scary but um, (laughs) (laughs) but even even just I guess where I'm ultimately is you know Fox can probably carry anybody but Mikula definitely exits the zone cleaner he if he's not carrying it out he can at least move it up a little bit better than the other options so 
overall, I mean, you can't complain about Nico Mikula much, in my opinion. He's joins the rush a lot more than I ever expected him to. Yep, because he can skate. At a, he seems like an above-average initial skater, especially for his size, but that's as far as I'll go with it. Yeah, well, I mean, I talk about skating a lot when I talk about the kid line, <laughs> which, yep. I, which um, please, for the love of God, get them all skating coaches this summer because – uh, that's like my one complaint uh, other than they don't score enough, but when they do get on, um, every other part of their hockey sense and IQ is just all there. It's just, they can't skate to the, to a high enough level. And then, um, they also, they're just not lethal enough in terms of like their mentality of like, should we score or should we just pass and dominate for all this time? Oh, the point is to score. I don't think we'll do that. <laughs> uh, I think, I think just to, just to piggyback on that, I think the only one I would maybe want to see an improvement on raw skating would be Lafreniere. I think Hedo does everything right, pretty much. Um, Kako does too. Now he knows he's not the fastest, but he he's always in the right position. Yeah. What I enjoy is when Kako channels his little mini inner Yager and just 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 starts with some big ass players. I've been calling it. <laughs> so that's it, we just want we love we want to see more of that. This I time. love when someone tries to hit Kako because he doesn't really hit anybody. It's like not his thing, and then they just yeah. fly off of him. And I go, yes, right. nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you're, you're expecting me to move? I'm not moving. Yeah, I'm on the puck. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on Lafreniere. That's the one. Um, you know, if I could say, if I could have something negative to say about the team right now, that'd be one of the things. Like maybe Lafreniere could improve his skating. Nice, right? Um, uh, what did you? Uh, so far, the kid line took over Florida this weekend, but they've had a slump before. Then, is there anything you you felt like was, was contributing to that? And was that Ben Harper or was that the defenseman they were playing with? Yeah, it, it's hard. So I, I've been a big advocate of just finding balance across the lineup for the last couple of years, right? And that meant, in my opinion, when they made the Tarasenko and Kane acquisitions to break up the kid line and see if they could find three good lines. But then in watching more and more, I mean, they have these games where they break out and then you kind of look up as to who they scored with. And Harper and Schneider, unfortunately, are just never on the ice for that, right? So I think they're doing all they can. Um, they're getting pinned in a little bit sometimes, and I don't know how much their defensemen are helping on them. Not that they're faultless, but um, you can tell the Knights where they're going, and as long as they have the puck moving forward, Heel's going to carry it in. Um, they're going to get possession down low, and then we like to see that we, they just get the magic going essentially. So um, if they're, I, they're certainly seem like they're locked in for the spring, so I don't think there's any reason to break them up um, anymore, I should say. We just got to find the right combos above them, I guess. I think the biggest divergent I have when it comes to the charts, and I consider myself a analytics-friendly guy. I, I think it's all part of a process, and they're very important in the process because they're simp- my eyes are going to play tricks on me, and the, the charts will pick up things that my eyes are not capable of seeing. But an area where I struggle with the charts is you just, you just can't tell me that Braden Schneider is having a bad year. I just think yep. I think he has had to change how he plays on such a frequent basis because he hasn't had that solid bottom pairing defenseman that he's been able to play with. He's had he has to play yep. one way with Ben Harper. He played one way with Lieber Hayek. He played one way with Zach Jones. And quite frankly, the perfect guy for him to play with is probably someone like Nico Mikola. But because Ryan Lindgren's been out of the lineup, we haven't been able to see that. The charts are going to grade Schneider rough because of, obviously, everything that happens when he's on the ice. But I think those things are happening on the ice, not because of Braden Schneider. And to me, I think if Schneider wasn't on that bottom pair with this revolving door of guys I'd rather not, I think (laughs) it would be a lot worse. And I just, like, it's tough to show a chart that explains that because, obviously, he's going to look bad because... 
the, he's, he's essentially doing it on his own all season long. Yep. No, I, I'm Greg. I'm glad you clarified that because yeah, I'm kind of going after the third pair here, but I'm specifically keep calling out Harper. Schneider's just gonna get in the he's getting the side here, and it's it's not worth it. I mean, um, there's no agenda against or for Schneider. I would say um, I would just I completely agree that for his age, Schneider is doing everything he can, and he continues grade out pretty well in, in expected goals against specifically, which is what you want out of supposedly a very well you know rounded shutdown defenseman for his age. So. Um, I think it'll be interesting if we can get a good 10, what, we got nine games left, eight, nine games with Mikolo with him to get settled in again and then go from there in the playoffs. One narrative, and I think the narrative that pissed me off the most, Rob, this entire year, um, and I can't, like, it's it's very hard to make me upset. I just want to point that out. People who thought Igor Shosturkin was cooked. <laughs> this is... And Halak going way back. Well, the whole <laughs> thing was justified. Like That's he true. looked cooked as all cooked can get out. Um <laughs> until he figured it out and like he was like actually I'm pretty good at this turns out. But Igor is someone I never doubted for a second and I feel like over the past 10 games he's come all the way back. Is that is are the stats saying exactly the same? Yeah, 100%. He just had a really rough go there in February. I I think he usually never puts more than three games in a row of a negative goal save above expected um, at all situations. And he's done that a, a few times this year, but the February run was like five or six in a row. And actually I keep that chart against him against Lundqvist of, you know, it's going on like 150 games now or something. Mm-hmm. And he finally dipped back below Lundqvist just because of February. But since then, to your point, Ryan, he's basically at the same pace that Lundqvist was at during his, he would have been 26 at that time going straight up, you know, up and to the right. And uh, if he keeps going like he has the last four or five games, he's going to pass Lundqvist again. Quick question, is that good? Like, I don't... (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of decent. That means we're probably heading towards the Hall of Fame, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. It's so obnoxious. Like, just people tweeting me, it's like, maybe it was a one-year blip. No, it was not. Like, Well, (laughs) not to beat a dead horse, but it's like, you know, Rangers fans have not had bad goaltending in 20 years. So the moment you get five games, people start to ask really dumb questions when you got to step back. Uh, this guy, is a, he's a god. Like, we, we are so lucky, blessed, right. to have not only Yorsha Sturkin, but uh, a plethora of other talents, including Adam Fox, which makes no sense. Uh, but yeah. Igor's the one for me. He's just like, well, what are we doing? Like, right. No one's ever going to complain about Adam Fox or be worried, ever. Yep, absolutely. Rob, you are one of the king of the tweaks, I think is uh, what I would call you. Now, <laughs> let's let's take Keandre Fox off the table. That it's clearly something we're not going to see. So I don't I don't want you throwing this out as your hypothetical. Okay. What are your opening game one lines that you think best utilize what the Rangers can do against any opponent in the playoffs? Yeah, so I'm going to go to the top six forwards, which has kind of been something I've been asking. You know, they had, what, they had 18 games to experiment, and they've done not a lot of experimenting, in my opinion. It's been some panic stuff mid-game, but I wouldn't call panicking a plan. So I would just say always go back to your known goods, right? We have a long – we have three years or so of history that Mika and Panarin don't really work. I mean, they somehow end up shooting hot every time they get together, which I guess is technically working, but – from a process standpoint, if you're trying to actually have a line that can, you know, sustain offense, they, they don't work together. And I'm talking like 45, 46% shots. So not horrible, but not good. So that means getting Kreider back with Mika and then Panarin goes with Trocek and then pick your poison on the right wings. Um, I think right now Panarin's kind of struggling with, or, or I'm sorry, Mika's kind of struggling being between Panarin and um, uh, 
sorry, Trocek. Jeez, Tarasenko. There's too many new names, I guess. Tarasenko, <laughs> yes. because uh, both of them kind of play a similar game. I, I guess similar game in the sense of how they impact it, right? Both are more opportunistic. Um, Tarasenko plays a heavier game, but he's not necessarily uh, staying third guy high to be defensive. So that leaves Mika to do a lot of defensive lifting on that line. So I just think go back to basically Kreider, Mika, uh, Panarin, Trocek, and then just flip the wings around as much as you want. Well, okay. I don't like the Mika Panarin thing as much either, but mm-hmm. but it does seem like you got to figure it out. <laughs> this is to, yeah. To me, it's like if we want to have the 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 line, the the strongest line you can have in a playoff when you need a goal. I always like hate when we go back to. I think back to Quinn, right? I'm going to bring up uh, Tony D'Angelo again because I think it's mm-hmm. it's apt. But when Quinn needed a goal, he put Fox and Tony out there together. Like, sure. what is that matchup line that causes havoc? And is that, like, should we be spreading the wealth? Like, how much can you spread the wealth? It's, there's so yeah. much wealth. And I, as much well, as I want, and just one last point, Rob, Rob sorry. Yeah. As much as I want um, Kane to go back to play with Panarin, they clearly have it in their brains that they love each other too much. And they, yeah. like, it's, it's the unselfish lover syndrome where they will pass each other the puck until nobody scores forever. Oh. And it just, it's just, we see that. Ryan, you just reminded me. I, Rod, I'm going to let you chime in here with your thought yeah. on this, but it's something we haven't talked about on the show at all today. I nearly broke a television when Chris Kreider was one-on-none in front of the goal and instead of oh, attempting yeah. a shot, turned around to look for a pass. I, I like, God love Chris Kreider. This dude's incredible. He's incredible, especially when he's in front of the net. And he's like, all right, awesome. Who can I give this puck to? Um, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Please, for the love of God, never do that again. It drove yeah. me... Up a goddamn! I've never seen that before. It was. I, it would be like, I I don't know, like uh, any NFL running back running to the one yard line and then instead of scoring, looking for a teammate to lateral the ball to. Yeah, that was ugly. I try not to scream at the TV anymore, but that one got one. It was, <laughs> it was really bad. I like how we're yeah. all making promises. Like we won't scream at the TV, but yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm not making that promise. I'm just saying that <laughs> it, like it, that's the one that got it out of me that day. Yeah. Well, and just to just on Ryan's point about the top six forwards, I, I would, it is kind of a figured out thing because then again, when, when Panarin and Kane got together right when Kane came in, it didn't really work after four or five games. No, it doesn't right? work at all. So, they love each other too much. It's... Yeah. It, it, so I, I get it. And that's why if they're locked into the kid line, we know the formula. All they got to do is be around average and their shooting should take care of it at five on five. But around average means you just got to have at least one of those two top six lines going and the kid line or some combination. Two out of the three is my point. So if two out of, two out of three on a nightly basis can figure it out, who, who cares? Let it roll. <laughs> Shit, the fourth line is good, man. Like Fourth line <laughs> Oh, I know. We, we didn't even talk about it yet. The Jimmy BC signing is one of my favorite signings in like Ranger history. I can't believe I'm saying that. I hand up. I was I doubted him a little bit too much when that signing was made. However, I did call that he would replace Kravtsov to an extent. So that is unfortunately yeah, but when, when, when you said it, you thought it was going to have negative connotations and not a positive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's fair. That's that's, that's spot on. <laughs> you're like you're yeah, like this. This generic veteran is going to take the minutes of Vitaly Kravtsov and we're all going to be angry. And now it's like, that's yeah. what we needed, a generic veteran. Yeah, I did not I did not put it on the end of the tweet, and he's going to end up being one of the best Rangers of the season. Yes, that's true. <laughs> it is insane how like how much his game has changed since he left playing as a Ranger. It's 
He, his defensive impact is uh, – I can't believe I'm watching it sometimes with Jimmy VC. Well, like, he, stopped, he's, he stopped trying to be a Hobie Baker award winner and started trying to be a useful NHL a piece. A oh, piece that works within the structure. He's an extremely useful if, piece. If you just hone in on him during shifts, he's so good at making opposing players, when they have the puck coming at him, pick an angle. And then it's either a poke check or he, he might not even get a hold of them. But my point is he's putting them in bad spots constantly. And, that, and that's how he ends up being such a good defensive impact player. Rob, I think uh, one of the big notes Ryan and I talked about this week is preference for who you'd want the Rangers to play in the first round. We know they're going to end up playing the Devils. But – all things equal, of the five teams the Rangers are capable of playing, Hurricanes, Devils, Bruins, uh, not Bru- Hurricanes, Devils, Pittsburgh, Islanders, Panthers, uh, who who do you like the most, who do you hate the most? Oof. Uh, well, I mean, I, I they're going to end up with the Devils, but I, I do, I hate the Devils and the Islanders. I think while the Devils might not, that roster might not be perfect for the playoffs, um, if they get on an offensive kick, they're going to be hard to stop, so... That said, um, would I, I would actually rather take the Devils than the Islanders, believe it or not, because Sorokin is that good this year in you're goal, the, and we you're know just what like us. goalie can do. So <laughs> I'd rather, I would rather try to win a game against the Devils 5-4 than lose 1-2-1 to the Islanders. Let's put it that way. Same. Um, uh, save me the Bruins. Let, the, let somebody else take them to seven somehow and beat them up or something like that and, and get them in the next round. Um, Hurricanes, you're running the kind of the same gamut with the uh, with the Devils, right? If their offense is clicking, they're scary, um, but otherwise they're probably beatable, just like we saw last spring too. So I would say, I guess Devils and Hurricanes, believe it or not, because the rest is kind of just yeah. Well, is is the Panthers even possible? I guess it is. It is so, it, possible. In, yeah. in in theory, it's possible, but like I don't yeah. know. I, I, like the Panthers, I don't really consider them in the playoff picture. I don't think they're going to make it. I, I, I think people call me crazy when I say the Hurricanes are the team I think would be the easiest to dispatch in the playoff series. Like, I just – I have all the confidence in the world that this Ranger team could beat them. I, I have – I am yet to see evidence from the Carolina Hurricanes in their last two years that makes me think the Rangers can't take them in a seven-game series. Right. Especially with this roster. I just – yeah. I think they can beat any of those teams. I would, So just give me the weakest goalie or give me the chance of seeing the weakest goalie. I, just, I, don't, I, just don't let me see Sorokin. That's all I ask. Pretty much, yeah. I don't yeah. want to fuck. I don't want to see the fucking Penguins, though. I really don't. I fucking hate <laughs> them. I just right. – no, I don't want to see Crosby. I don't, don't want to see Malkin. Don't, I don't want to see – Don't do the same rant again. <laughs> I, I know. It, it's, been th- it's been four hours. I, I feel yeah. like I haven't – I just – I left them out because they have been playing very consistently where they'll look really good for five games and then they'll look like they should have folded the franchise two years ago, you know, for five games. Against, and, against a non-Ranger team, I'm confident they will not win a playoff game. I'm right, confident. Yeah. <laughs> yep, sounds about right. Rob, thank you so much for taking the time tonight. Um, I'm sure there's nothing you want to plug, so I uh, appreciate you. Can I ask well, you guys one question? Yeah, of generally? course. Yeah. So where are you guys at relative to expectations compared to last spring with this team? And does that make any sense? Or I it does. More it, it, uh, I think we were super thrilled to go to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I was like, all right, I consider this season a, a win if we beat the Penguins somehow. And we did. And I was like, all right, that's a win. And then I was like, all right, we're playing with house money versus the Carolina Hurricanes. And then we beat them. And then game three happens, whatever. You know how the rest of the story unfolds. It's super – it was upsetting. You were close, but you are like, okay, successful season. Uh, I think I'm at the point now where it's like made the Stanley Cup Finals or I'm miserable. <laughs> I can't – I think that's where I'm at. Like I can't imagine, Rob, and I'm sure I, I'll ask you, do you think we'll see a better roster like in our lifetime? I think it's a very few and far between. 
I mean, from a name standpoint, no, right? I mean, no chance. Every, yeah, no, no chance. I, I think maybe if they went a couple of different ways with acquisitions, there could have been a more balanced roster, so to speak. But sure. the reason I, the reason I answer that question about it, it's just I've been kind of battling it for the last couple of weeks. Like I should not expect them to get to the Stanley Cup final, but it, I guess it's possible. And also, if they don't, it is technically a disappointment. It's it's such it's so weird because a year ago we were probably saying, yeah, if they win a round, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so. but like when you look at the names, like by name recognition alone, you're like, I think we're gonna look back at this team in ten years and be like, holy shit, what? <laughs> I will, I will say, I, I, my expectation is Eastern Conference Finals simply because it's hard to argue with Team of Destiny shit with the Bruins right now. Like, I, right. if 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 you put a gun to my head and said, do I expect the New York Rangers to beat the Boston Bruins in a playoff series? I think it's a pretty honest no. So if if someone takes the Bruins out before an Eastern Conference Finals, then I will say I expect the Rangers to play for the Cup. But if all things are equal and the Rangers handle their business in the Metropolitan, I'm going to think the Bruins are, are a heavy favorite. And if the Rangers play a competitive six games, it'll be hard for me to be overly disappointed or angry about how the they face the Bruins. It's just like, this is a team that's lost, what, 10 times in regulation this year? And it's fucking March. Yeah. And they have the Vezina winner. Yeah, Rangers-Bruins would be the first playoff series to have four zero zero overtime games because nobody could score between the two goalies. <laughs> yeah, they have, ele- they have 119 points as the time of this recording, and they've lost 11 times in regulation. It's yeah, March 27th. The, <laughs> second, the, the second highest team is the Hurricanes, which have 103 points, and that is disgusting. Yeah, that's sick. That's actually sick. <laughs> <laughs> they have three times as much points as the Sharks. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Rob, thank you so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. And um, Rob, hold on, you. Rob. Any any Bills oh. takes? I there's no, nothing's oh. happened in Buffalo recently, huh? Bills are coming back next year. You don't worry about that. You uh, <laughs> you, you stay on your side of the fence over there with the Jets, and uh, you're Jets. I, guy, right? I'm not a Jets no, fan, just... Rob. I don't know. You're coming at what? me as if I have Sorry. skin in the game here, buddy. He's a he's a Niners guy, so there's it's not that. Sauce Gardner tweets. Maybe I'm, th- I'm thinking of Fitz. That's why I don't know. Don't worry yeah, about that's the Fitz. Bills. There's plenty. Yeah, that... of, everybody else, don't worry about the Bills. Worry about your own team. Plenty there to keep you busy. Bills will be fine. Don't I worry. like the Bills a lot. I hope <laughs> I hope they go all the way. So I, I have yeah, a lot bad. of friends. Nice. All right, Rob. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. And we're back. Okay, new format this week. We used to do the show this way, uh, and we are doing once upon a time. We're going back to it. We are, at, we are putting the five-star questions at the end of the show after the interview. Felt like putting Emily Kaplan at mini 40, minute 45 mark was a little rude. So um, we're going to change that. So back to five-star questions. Uh, if you want to leave a five-star question, you can be a Patreon subscriber and leave them on the five-star question channel in our Discord. And that's how you do it. This is from Paneranoid Android. Do we even really want to win the division and then face either the Red Hot Panthers team or the Islanders who have a top three goalie in the league? I think the Penguins are done, by the way. Uh, They're not done. They're still around. This was from last Monday. Uh, Or would you rather just settle the 2-3 and face the Devils or the Canes? I think I'm 2-3. Yeah, I mean... You're going to have to play them anyway. Should we do this? Let's do this, okay? Rank your confidence in beating the first-round opponent. So if you had to choose between Carolina, Jersey, Islanders, Pittsburgh, Panthers. We'll do those five. Rank them okay. from most confident to least confident. I'm most Hur- confident. Hurricanes, Devils, beat- Islanders, Penguins, Panthers. Those are your five options. Most confident we could beat the Panthers in round one. I don't know why. I just feel I'm, that way. I'm still most confident we can beat the Hurricanes, but I, I understand what you I have mean. Hurricanes, too. Um, 
Can, you know, I, I think what I'm going to say here is going to be very surprising. Do you know the team I think we could least beat? I think it's the Islanders. They piss me off. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it beyond they just piss me off. Like, I, I'm confident we will have the most talent. But again, like Sorokin, it's, it's the same Igor type of conversation where if the goalie gets hot and it's totally possible Sorokin gets hot, then it's a nightmare no matter what. But I, 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 like, I don't think Lambert is a good coach. So I, I think I, I have, think, yeah, I think like I have the Trotz, Islanders five. If Trotz Dallas was, four. I got to tell you, if Trotz was still there, I think they're the team I'd least want to play. They're up there for me. I, have, I, I think I have, uh, in terms of teams I'm most scared against, I think it's the Islanders, and then somehow, um, I think then the Devils. I just have so much speed and young talent. And yeah, at the same time, uh, but, but at one point, I also I, think the inexperience hurts them a lot. Exactly. Like it, it's either they're they're either so inexperienced that they don't know they should be scared about the playoffs or too inexperienced where the moment overwhelms them. I don't know which one it'll be. I know which one I hope it will be. But I, I think, I truly think uh, the Penguins, I just don't want to see Sidney Crosby in the playoff series. They were playing fucking Louis Domingue in goal against the Rangers last year, and it still went seven. I don't have an appetite to see Sidney Crosby and, quite frankly, Jake Gensel. Fuck that guy. I don't like him. I don't want to see them. I'd, <laughs> I'd, much, like rather, I'd much rather play the Hur- The Hurricanes and Devils are my top two choices. And then Panthers is three, and then Islanders, Penguins. I just don't want to see the fucking Penguins. It's not that I'm afraid of the Penguins. It's that they're going to annoy the ever-loving shit. You just don't want to do it. Yeah, I don't want to deal with it. it. Like, I don't want to fucking it? deal with it. I don't, I don't want it. I don't need it. I don't need to listen to their pissy fucking whiny radio <laughs> personalities. I don't need to hear their fans bitching about every time Truba farts on the ice and whether it smells like asparagus or broccoli. I just don't fucking need it. I don't. My life is a lot easier. Then if I have to deal with do, whatever the I do, uh, I don't know why, but I imagine a, a parent and child driving and listening to this episode today, just being like, well, "This guy curses a lot." Who <laughs> <laughs> are you, Grandpa Red? I know it's just that today. It's particularly standing out to me. I don't know why. Uh, this is from uh, TSE twelve thirty one. If we have Trouba the tank engine, does that make Gerard Gallant the controller, the guy with the top hat and the suit? I kind of does look like him, but he posted a picture. But this is an conductor? audio medium. Is it uh, conductor? I think it's controller. No, also, this guy's the guy that stays at the stations. Here's a question. Um, do the yeah. trains in Tom's the Tank Engine have people inside them, in which case, is that consensual? This is really interesting. Um, and I'm not a lawyer. So this, is, this next question is from Rootin', Rootin Tootin. <laughs> can, can you guys get one of your, your guests to explain the Corsi stat in layman terms? What does it measure, et cetera? Yeah, we can I, have Rob do, do that. I'll do you, well, I'll do you one better. Um, Drew still has the lexicon up on our site where he carefully explains this in terms even you and I could understand. Uh, yeah. Um, we should do something with our website one day. So then uh, this is from Blue and Green 24. If the Rangers don't win the cup with this roster, is Gallant on a short leash starting next season? There's no reason why we can't win it all this year with the roster NYR has. I agree with you, and we've been talking about Gallant all season long. I do think he's sort of on a short leash no matter what happens here. I believe the Rangers are going to want to go a different direction, but it's also... You can see why hard to complain when the Rangers have been so good, but he also has all the talent on earth. It's I, I, we've talked about this before. It's worth repeating. It's awfully hard to see Gallant having sure footing underneath him if he doesn't at least match what he did last year, considering he has more talent and a deeper roster this year. So, like, if the Rangers have a first round exit, I don't expect Gerard Gallant to be the New York Rangers coach on opening night. Just because the team will be worse that they have supporting him, and they took a significant step backwards in terms of success 
all while having a significantly better roster. Significantly. Um, this is from C-Nuggies. I know we love to shit on the Canes fans, but can we acknowledge that the, the atmosphere in Carolina was amazing? I was only I, able to catch... I think the Ranger fans there did a great job making the atmosphere amazing. I agree. Nice job, Matty Jack. Um, there's a couple games a year where the atmospheres are, are pretty good, uh, and obviously the playoffs are going to be that. And this is from Chris from Norway. With Lindgren's injury and the team not falling apart without him as they did earlier, will it be easier to swallow trading him in the offseason? Possibly. To get the money to sign Miller, Heedle, or maybe even Kane or Tarasenko, bring back Mikola would be a cheaper option, etc., than a future Lindgren extension. I somehow think Lindgren knows his bread is buttered in New York and maybe not elsewhere. Uh, and I do think he takes a team-friendly deal, if possible. The problem is you don't want to give him seven years. I don't think I don't think they want to trade Lindgren. I think they think he's the heart and soul of this team. I think he's on a very good contract for what he's pr- producing uh, with Adam Fox. And I, uh, it's a question I, I'm not excited to discuss in the offseason. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I'm not going to discuss it today. I like Again, enjoy what you got in front of you right now. Don't think about the summer. Don't think about what the Rangers are going to have to do to make this team a full roster come opening night next year. Don't spend any time thinking about it. Live in the moment. Enjoy the moment. Let's see what this team can do in the playoffs. And when the season ends... Then we're going to have a lot of difficult, not fun, disgusting conversations that will eat up a whole bunch of time and a whole bunch of minutes on this here show. I'm not doing it now. I, I, I'm not thinking about the summer. I'm not thinking about who's getting what. I'm not thinking about who's getting paid. I'm not thinking about who's leaving. I, quite frankly, just don't give two shits. I would like to win, and I'm going to focus my energy on that currently. Uh, Greg, it is opening week for baseball. Any it thoughts sure you'd like to share before we get out of here? Yeah, I can't believe we got to opening week. I'm, 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 I'm I, well, baseball, bro. I'm, this I'm, is it. This so excited. Is very good. Yeah, so excited. I just can't believe we got to opening week and I had to sweat out a Darren Ruff decision. Like, what the fuck? What? what, what, yeah, what is, why? Why did this have to happen? Um, I'm happy the Mets made the right decision. Um, I guess I've always... It's funny. I guess I was undervaluing undervaluing how important Buck thinks that like pinch runner is for late in games. This is the same team that for three months last year rostered Terrence Gore for the sole purpose of stealing bases. And before that, I forgot that Travis Jankowski was a Met into July and he was just the guy that existed on the roster. So I guess I should have been giving more time to the Tim Locastros of the world, thinking that one of them was going to make this opening day roster. And if, if that's how they're going to use Tim LoCastro as emergency, not even emergency pinch runner, but just Mets up one, Pete Alonzo hits a single in the eighth inning, and they'd like LoCastro to come in and steal a couple bases to make it a two-run lead, especially when they don't have Edwin Diaz coming in from the bullpen in a close game. I like it. Uh, I, Darren Ruff served no purpose. He wasn't, he was just, they have guys on the roster that can do what Darren Ruff does better like Tommy Pham's a better hitter if you want to play him as your right-handed designated hitter Daniel Vogelback's going to eat up most of those at-bats anyway from the designated hitter spot yeah I'm good um I think it's interesting that the Mets are getting weird with their rotation right off the bat like have you seen that David Peterson's going to be their the guy who makes the start in the second game of the year I'm not going to call him their number two starter yep but they specifically configured their rotation so that Scherzer gets opening day, but Verlander gets the home opener. That is, uh, man, you know what's nice, Ryan? You know, I got to tell you. You know what's fucking nice? 
about being a fan Smart of the New ownership. York Mets. Not just that, but the Mets are so fucking good that they can configure their rotation to be like, all right, we're splitting duties. We're, we don't got to worry about winning these games in between. We just know what we're starting at all these two landmark events, and we're going to get there, and it's going to be fine. That's fucking nice. I well, I like this feeling. Um, this is fun. Is this how Yankee fans hey, felt? Congratulations. Yeah, this is how it felt. I mean, it really was. And Yankee fans, by the way, congratulations for actually starting the rookie who legitimately won the job. Did you hear, uh, Did you see the so. stat that this is only the fourth true rookie to make his major league debut with the Yankees on opening day? Only the fourth time. It's unbelievable. In, in, in franchise yes. history. Well, he's earned it. I don't know. I, I hate when there's fake meritocracies. Like, hey, if you play really well, you'll stay up. Oh. And I know Dominguez was never staying up. I totally get that, even though he ripped the cover off the ball. <laughs> I get that. But Vlope literally is an MLB player. Literally. Isn't and it he Volpe? Should be, he should it's be Volpe, right? I'm assuming it's Volpe because you said it's the... You know who you're talking to, right? Yeah, that's why I'm even you, more convinced. I don't know which one it is. But... Yeah, and I got to say, to the Met fans that were angry that Brett Beatty got sent down, like, come It's on. fine. Yeah, it's fine. He'll be up if if Escobar struggles out of the gate. He's going to be up sooner rather than later. I'm again. The New York Mets are a good enough baseball team with a deep enough lineup where Eduardo Escobar is probably their. Beatty wasn't a top five prospect though. Yeah, in all of baseball, yes. No, Volpe. Volpe is that special category of prospect that he should be getting at bat. Well, especially because like the true difference between Volpe and Isaiah Kiner Falefa is miles different. (laughs) Whereas <laughs> literally miles, <laughs> whereas like Eduardo Escobar has proven to be an above average major league baseball hitter. He wasn't it last year, though. He was fantastic in September, but like the gap between a hundred percent of Escobar and a hundred percent of Beatty isn't as big as people think it is. And a gap might not be in Beatty's favor. So like there's reason to expect Escobar to have a bounce back and be a guy who, by the way, hit 30-plus homers in consecutive seasons before arriving to the New York Mets, that guy still exists. And if it turns out he doesn't exist, congratulations. The New York Mets have a top third-base prospect they get to call up at the end of April to replace him in their lineup, and all of a sudden they've immediately become better. So, like, this is this is one of those good problems, Ryan. I'm not at all worried about whether Beatty is playing on opening day or May 1st or June 1st. Like, I'm whenever. Cool. I'll see you when I see you, kid. Also, he stinks, and so we should trade him for Alexi Diaz. Yeah. Yeah, we know, we know. All right, we're, uh, we're ending the show here. We'll be back next week, or rather later this week, with BSBOT on Thursday night after the Devil game. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, it's the end of the show. It's the time I read all our NHL Insider Club members, all our supporters that keep this show going every single week, along with our other Patreon members. Thank you so much for being part of what we consider a mediocre show that we somehow still do after all these years. Okay. Without further ado, Adam Cassie, Adam Cohen, Adam Cortulo. There's a hundred of these names. Adam Linder, Adam Keach, Alex Flynn, Alex Carter, Alexander, Am- Amber Cohensberger, Andrew Rahner, Anthony Mor- Mo- Montur... This is the one that always has been screwing me up recently. Monturo? I think Anthony... I I think that was right. Anthony Terragata, Ben Waters, Ben Wetter, Weber. Bill Allison, Bill Rattel, Billy Hoff, Brandon Lackos, Brandon Magnum, Breck Ranger, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mal, Chris Finelli, Chris Haru, CJ Selwagon. I am struggling. Conrad P. Demish, Daniel Delaney, Daniel Tizan, David Nagerton, David Siegel, Dennis Dites, Darian, Eric Stagg, Griff, Griff Gardner, Cup, Garrett Reynas, Gar- Gretzky, Gareth McFly, Hayak Waivers Happen Before, Ryan Watch Miracle, Handle, Harrison Hasco, Hippie 89, 
Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, Jack Bagley, James Masker, Jerry Marquez, John Jason, you're not John, Jason Zabransky, Jay Citron 40, JD, Jean-Jacques Francoise, Jean-Jean, Jimmy Mack, John Hardesty, John, John Shea, Johnny Thundercock, Jordan, Josh Keschenbaum, Joshua Zarkin, Justin Freeberg, Chris from Florida, Chris Upberg, Lazik Gronowski. Oh, no. Oh, no, I did it. That was bad. Libra Sky, I leave Jared Lewis. He's going to yell at me. Lou Giordano, Lucas K, Mark Popic. Such a fun name. Matthew Goodwin, Matthew Kind, Meatball the Cat, Mike Bucklaw, Mike Mancuzu. Mancuzu? Yes. Mike Pasternak, Mike... Mike Smith, Nate Hanafy, Neil Grover, Nicholas DeNicola, O.P. Pascal Perrier, Paul J. Smith, Pavel Kodarev, P.J. Sisbar, World Takes Gamer, Randy Tester, Samo, Scottish Grant, Sean Taggart, Stigbull Box, Swingard, Tyga Seamus. Maybe I nailed it. The Drop BK, Tom Sinclair, Tommy Tedeschi. Nice. Tommy O'Neill, Tori from Manhattan. Tristan Wells, Vinny Brocco, Vinny Hay, Will, Will Spector, and Winston, the Golden Retriever. Bark, 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 bark. Okay, that's the show for today. Uh, just beat the Devils. That's all I'm saying. Beat the Devils. Just beat them. Just beat the, Luke can lose all three other games this week. Just beat the Devils. That's all I ask. It's not that big a deal. All right. We'll be back later this week after the Devils game. We'll all be sad or excited. Love you guys. Bye. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC.